and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, a very interesting week in the NFL to say the least. Week number three brought a lot of surprises this uh, this past weekend. Some outcomes that we did not expect to happen did happen. Uh, unfortunately for us, we had a rough bit of a going for, for a certain survivor pool because of a certain team that we'll talk about later on the show. But it did bring a lot of wild finishes. We saw a history almost being made by one team in particular and a lot of t- stuff to talk about here today in the show. Yeah, can we skip the part about where we lost our survivor pool because of the, one of the biggest upsets of the week? Can we, uh, can we skip that? Well, I would, but because of the team that it happened to, it's kind of hilarious for me, so I have to talk about it. All right, get into it. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for later. We have to get into some of the other stuff that happened that preceded that game happening. And let's start off with a sour note for me before I get a little bit happier later on the show talking about that game. Let's talk about the Thursday night game that happened between the Giants and the 49ers. Kind of a game that, for the most part, the Giants, I'll give them credit, you know, kept around, stuck around. It was a very close game for the first, I want to say, 25 minutes. Yeah, I think the issue for the Giants was the the 49ers' just time of possession in this game was so significant compared to the Giants' time of possession. And that's really what hurt them in this game. And then the Niners took over in the second half. They're able to win this one by the final of 30 to 12. Obviously, no Saquon Barkley. The Giants didn't have Andrew Thomas, no Aziz Ojolari. So a lot of injuries for the Giants on both sides of the ball going into this game. And unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be for this game against a very good San Francisco team. McCaffrey has a strong game, has a touchdown, 85 yards rushing. Brock Perry threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Debo Samuel had a monster game with six for 129 and a touchdown. Um, it's still growing pace for this New York Giants team. I mean, there's a lot still, you know, they got to fix about their secondary struggled early on in the season. They've not been able to really contain the running attack. So the defense is taking a major hit so far to start off these first three games of the season. And they really need to figure it out in the next couple of weeks. They got a Monday night game coming up this week with Seattle. So that won't be easier on the defense because of how good Seattle's offense is. But the question is going to be, will they have Saquon Barkley going into that game? He's right now day to day. They could get him back for that Monday night game. And it's a big one because the Giants could either go from two and two record or a one and three record at the end of that game. So getting Saquon back would be huge, but Nonetheless, they lose this one. They fall to one and two, and the Niners now go to three and zero. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You're not getting Saquon back for the next game, and I don't think so either. But it would be and nice think, to have him. I think Vegas is pricing it in like that too. When we'll talk about the lines later, but uh, Saquon, he's very lucky to get off of the injury. I mean, uh, we'll talk about Nick Chubb's injury later on because he's very lucky to get the injury report that he just got. Right, but Saquon was lucky that it wasn't worse. It looked a lot worse than it actually was, similar to Nick Chubb's injury. Uh, so if I'm him, if the Giants want to have any chance of sniffing a postseason, sit him out this game. You're at home. You're playing a struggling Seahawks team. It seems like Geno Smith yeah. is finally getting figured. I mean, let's be real. Geno Smith made. Yeah, but I, listen, um, they didn't have a great week last week. They weren't really win. great the week. They, they, yeah, but like the the fashion which they did win. Let's let's be I real. Think, I guess Kenneth Walker carried them um, because this was a field goal battle. Up until the fourth, really, up until the fourth quarter. That, that's guess. what it was. Like it was okay. Geno Smith would get you in range, and then you'd kick a field goal. 
And it wasn't until Kenneth Walker really started getting on the ground, getting those touchdowns late in the third, then uh, in the fourth quarter as well, that did this game kind of run away. Because Andy Dalton, let's be real, Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, who started for five consecutive different teams now, he has made touchdown passes now in, uh, I'm sorry, he started for five consecutive teams in five consecutive years. And he's he's a, he's a journeyman, this career. He's not the guy he was in Cincinnati. And he threw for almost 370 yards on this uh, on this defense. He, he kind of looked like he turned back the clock a little bit, and that, that would concern me if I'm Seattle. Right. I mean, I, I, I think if you're the Giants, it's a big game because you want to see the offense make better strides. It looks like right now they're still struggling, but that that's a big part of Andrew Thomas not being in the lineup right now. I think that also hurts. Um, they only gave up. You know, they gave up a couple of sacks in this game, a lot of pressures on on Daniel Jones, and that's been an issue for the Daniel Jones' really career up to date for the New York Giants. And I think getting Andrew Thomas back would be huge because obviously they're missing him in the lineup. And if they were able to get him back in this game against Seattle, that would be, you know, that would be great for them. But the Giants need to get healthy. That's really what the moral of this whole story is. Got to get healthier. Um, you need the defense to make better strides because they haven't looked good so far in the young season. And it, it's really going to be coming down to can this, you know, can they get a whole collective, you know, full game out of this team because they haven't had it so far on this young season. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of teams that are uh, or exactly the uh, let's speak of teams that aren't struggling. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. <laughs> former, uh, former ball boy Mike McDaniel, the now head coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins, put up seventy on the team that he used to be a ball boy for. So this uh, is kind of, kind of, kind of coming full circle now. Maybe they scorned him when he was a child, and this was his revenge plot. This was I the long game. I don't know where you start off with the stats in this game. There's well, I can start off the stats. Go ahead. I can start off. So. Uh, they scored 70 points in a regulation NFL game. It did not go to four overtimes like it does in college. It, it, and they could have uh, easily broken the NFL record for most points in a game. Yeah, but he was scared because he could have taken a field goal, and he said, oh, I'm not going to break the record. Like, no, you break the record. Records are made to be broken. It doesn't matter what professional sport it is, uh, whether it was Peyton Manning's passing record or it's uh, Ric Flair's World Championship in World Wrestling Entertainment, records are made to be broken. And when, that, when the day finally comes, you have to just tip your cat. Uh, capped of the next generation or the next guy that breaks your record because it's it's history, and he had the they had, the Dolphins had the chance to make history. But let's go into it, Nick. Um, Tyreek Hill absolutely ran a, a menace. He was a menace to the uh, to the entire Broncos secondary. He made Patrick Sertan yeah. look like Eli Apple. He was a, he was a burnt toast the entire game. Uh, after getting held to forty yards and five receptions with a touchdown last week versus my Patriots, he came back to life. Yeah, uh, and you know what the, you know what the sad part is. He probably was the fourth most important team, and he had a game that was unbelievable, even by his standards. Well, you know what's more sad about this game for Denver is that the Dolphins didn't have Jalen Waddle, and they put up seventy yeah. points in this game. Yeah. So you let Ty- if you said, "Oh, well, you know, the reason why Tyreek got uh, got open all those times because they were on Jalen Waddle and Pat Sertan was, was, you know, keep it holding him down." No, you don't even have that excuse. You're right. Right. I. I- I think it really comes down to the Dolphins got some breakout performances in this game. I mean, they they were able to run the football. They ran for 350 yards as a team, which is absurd. That's college numbers most of the time you hear when you hear that type of stat. Uh, two or through for 309 yards and four touchdowns. Only three incompletions on in the entire game. Uh, if you're a Dolphins fan, 
there was nothing more you could have gotten that came out of this game that was perfect. The defense did its work. Uh, the offense was amazing. They ha- Special teams did their job, too. Overall, a great performance. And this is a scary thing for teams. I mean, the Dolphins are looking really good throughout these first three games, and they really look like a, a I would say two contender. Games. I would say two games. Okay, that's that's fair. Whether it's two or three, either way, they look like a legit team. And remember, they also still don't have Jalen Ramsey, who's still out with an injury. So this is big for them to be playing this way on both sides of the ball without Ramsey. I, 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 also, think, I also think the record's a little overhyped because J.C. Jackson beat themselves in the Chargers in week one. And I guess, in, yeah. In, in week two, they were one... Um, they were one Bad call from getting overturned to maybe the game being tied at the end there. So yeah, but uh, you, you, gonna... you got to find ways to win. At the end of the day, they've done it so far. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but let's. I'm gonna pump the brakes here a little bit because, um, to me, the first two wins were not that impressive. This win is very impressive, but I think this speaks more to how bad the Broncos are. I mean, this is a team yeah, that this... lost against the Raiders. They lost against the Commanders, and they got completely dismantled by the Dolphins. Dismantle is not even doing it justice. This was an absolute. Uh, ass kicking. Like, you, you. At, yeah. If you were pl- playing at halftime, I would have retired. Well, I, if I was like thirty four, thirty five, I was a journeyman, just on my last team. I would have retired at halftime. Pull it all. I would have pulled an. I would have told an. Uh, uh, no, I, even better. I would have pulled an, an Antonio Brown. Just took my uniform off in the middle of the in the middle well, of the third quarter or whatever, and just and just hung it up from there, and just never come back again. Well, the Dolphins scored those 70 points. It was the most in a, a single NFL game since 1966. So it's been a while since we've seen something like this happen. But you're right about the Broncos. I mean, this is a really bad look to have this happen. Sean Payton's tenure so far has not been good. There's been people already mm-hmm. clamoring for Vance Joseph, the D.C. for the Broncos to be fired. And rightfully do so. I mean, you know, I'm 70, surprised he hasn't been fired already. Yeah, 70 this week. He gave up 30-plus to the Commanders last week. And that was, you know... Considering the fact that the Commanders only scored three points this, you know, this past Sunday against Buffalo, I mean, it's not a good look with how Denver's defense is, and it's kind of crazy because the Broncos, for the good part of the last decade, have been known for their good defense, and this season it just has not been there. They've, I think, sacked one, sacked the quarterback at least maybe once this season. They might have one of the worst, you know, pressure rates in all of football right now, going as it is, and. You said it. I mean, Pat Sertain, you know, had a great chance against Tyreek Hill to make a name for himself, and he got absolutely burnt. And, you know, giving up those 350 yards on the ground, too, not a good look also because they couldn't even stop the run. Yeah, no, you had Tex Sane and Legend, uh, and he's been very, uh, very, very particular about this, the way his name is Nuncie. So I think I'm doing it right. I think it's Devon. Uh, they were saying it was a chain. I think it's uh, a Chan. I think it's a Chan, yeah. I think it's a Chan. It's not a chain. It's a Chan. Fantastic game. Over 200 yards and two touchdowns for him. Breakout game. He's the RB2 now. And I can't wait to see what he does going forward. Right. Four total touchdowns, two rushing, two receiving. Uh, He had Raheem Mostert, not to be outdone, also had 82 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Also was third on the team in receiving with 60 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Like like we said, there, there is nothing... The Denver, the Denver, that Miami did wrong in this game. They played this game perfectly. They had everything going right for them. Tua was throwing no look passes and getting touchdowns off of it. I mean, a spectacular day for this Dolphins team. And listen, you said that right now, maybe, you know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit and say, 
Let's see what you do against maybe a better team. They'll have an opportunity this upcoming weekend because they go to Buffalo, take on the Bills. We'll preview I don't think that game either, later on. We'll, we'll go into that. Well, yeah, no, that's that's fair. I, I know how you feel about both of these teams, but nonetheless, it's a good litmus test for this Dolphins team to prove to the NFL world. Hey, listen, we are for real this year, and we really think we can win a Super Bowl. All right, and with that being said, let's go straight to the mushing out. No, I'm just kidding. We got plenty. We got plenty of games to discuss here. A lot. Uh, we got to talk about the Texans, though. We got to talk about the Texans upending the Jags, which ruined my parlay. By the way, um, I had the Jags covering because I thought it would be nice and easy. But CJ Stroud is looking like the best Ohio State quarterback ever. CJ Stroud has had a great start to his NFL career so far through these first three weeks. He's, I think, he is. Throwing for 900-plus yards so far in his first three games. I think he had 360 yards this game. Don't quote had, me on that. He had 280. Yeah, 280. Think, was, maybe it was 360 the week I before. think it was the week uh, last week against the Colts that you're thinking of. Yeah, no, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And for a um, for a guy, he uh, he goes into a struggling Houston Texans offense. He goes 20 for 30 on his passes, 280 yards, and throws two touchdowns. There's not really much more you could ask for from a rookie quarterback here. He's looking like one of the... Uh, gems of this class right now. I know Bryce Young's injured and he's been okay, but he's averaging over 300 yards a game right now, making about 65% of his passes with a uh, 98 quarterback rating. So right. he keeps that up. Uh, he's going to be rookie of the year. He's only yeah. 21 years old too. So he's very, very young, even by NFL standards. Yeah. If you're the Texans, you got to love what you've seen so far out of him. He's literally he's looking like to be that franchise QB. You saw Tank Dell, another rookie they have on this team. Uh, going off for 145 yards in a touchdown. A nice rookie-to-rookie combination can really turn around a franchise in an instant. So for the Texans, that's got to be great to have a potential new number one in your franchise quarterback right there. But you got to also look on the other side of this game from the Jacksonville Jaguars perspective. And let's face fact, last, you know, the previous week, a tough game against the Chiefs. Offense really struggled in that game. Their offense kind of struggled in this game too. I mean, Trevor Lawrence... Threw for 279, a touchdown, did have an interception as well in this game. He had an average game. Had an average game. And I, I think I it might be early, but I, I'm concerned how they've played so far in the season. They kind of they I don't know what Jacksonville is so far on this young season. And it's concerning me because we all emphatically picked them to win this division just because of how the rest of the teams are. But as we go into week number four. They haven't looked impressive so far on the season. Now, credit last season they also didn't look impressive, but they got it, you know, going towards the end of the year. So, if they could do that again this season, that's great. But they would obviously like to have a full, you know, nice complete season and not have to worry about later in the year like they did last season, where it's a win and in game and we have to win this week or else we're not making the playoffs. So, I'm not sure what the exact issue is. The defense had a rough game in this one. Um, the offense has struggled the last two weeks. They need to figure something out sooner rather than later, or else it's going to be kind of a you know a second year hangover for this team after winning the division and winning a playoff game last year. Yeah, and I have a narrative I'm going to spin later, but I'm going to wait for another game and uh, we could have a conversation then. But I want to get into our next game now, uh, which was a stunner. Uh, I was going to say Drew Brees for a second, but I'd be back in 2016. Derek Carr goes down for the Saints late in the third quarter here, and the Packers have a 17-point comeback. Um, so they score 18 points, and to complete the comeback, it's the most that uh, I think any 
have a quarterback since Aaron Rodgers because Brett Favre never did it. So Brett Favre never came back 18 points uh, this late in the game, and absolutely phenomenal for him. Jordan loved looking like a really, really good quarterback. It looks like they have a new generational quarterback. He had a couple moments of like, okay, what the hell is he doing? But overall, for the first couple of weeks, he's looking like a great quarterback. Yeah, he did have a struggle throughout the first, you know, let's face facts, three quarters of this game. The Saints went into the fourth quarter up 17 nothing, And it seems that the Packers flipped the switch and they finally started to get all, their offense going. Their defense took advantage of Derek Carr getting injured, even though Jameis Winston out of, you know, relief didn't do bad. But the Saints were not able to run the ball, but neither were the Packers. Both teams were missing their starting running backs this week due to injuries. Uh, Jordan Love got the first touchdown of the game for the Packers in that fourth quarter with a rushing touchdown. And then they were able to finally get some good passing touchdowns. They got Romeo Dobbs a touchdown pass that gave them the lead. And it's a great resilient win for Green Bay to get this win, 18-17 to being the final in this one. To score 18 points in the fourth quarter, that is really tough to do for a guy that's only making, I what is it, his fourth NFL start now? After uh, yes. not starting, he only started one game last season and played one in relief. So to do that, it's a great job by Jordan Love to get them back into this game and scoring all 18 points. And they did it in pretty much a nine-minute span, scoring all of those 18 points. So a great job by them. The Saints missed the potential game-winning field goal late in the game that cost them. It's tough because New Orleans could be sitting here 3-0 going into this week. But instead, now they sit at 2-1. and It's a big win for Green Bay. They now go to two and one, and maybe if Jordan and you might be right, if Jordan Love continues this wave of success he's had so far, the Packers might have found the new generational quarterback. Who knows? You know, it would be insane to have. Imagine having back to back to back generational quarterbacks. Can't be luckier any than that. I mean, yeah, you could win more than two Super Bowls, but hey, who, well, who would yeah. that happen to? Jeez, I mean, imagine like having that many and only getting two Super Bowls. Yikes. That definitely wouldn't happen to the Packers. Anyway, I digress. Let's talk to the next game now. Let's go into the next game. And let's talk about, once again, death taxes and the Patriots beating the Jets in the NFL. Ooh, this was a uh, this was a rough game to watch. I can tell you that. It was a very rough game. Uh, a rainy day at MetLife Stadium obviously does not bode well for these offenses. The defenses, though. They'll take this type of a game in terms of, you know, trying to stop either side. Um, What can I really say about it, obviously? I mean, the Patriots pretty much dominated the first half of this game. They went into the half only up 10-3, and that's weird saying they dominated, that they were only a touchdown. But that's how the first half went, and pretty much that felt the same way going into the fourth quarter. I mean, the Jets had, had under 100 yards total, I think, going into the fourth quarter. Nothing was going right for this offense. I think negative one yard after the first quarter. I believe you're right too. And like I was just kind of insane. And I, it's a multiple. It's, you know, it's a lot of things going on for the Jets. I mean, the offensive line uh, has had issues. They lost Dwayne Brown, their starting left tackle. He's now on the IR for the next four weeks. Uh, they haven't been able to run the ball. They ran for 38 yards as a team in this game. So the Dalvin Cook signing has not paid off so far. They try to get Brees Hall involved a lot more this week. He just couldn't find any running room. And the biggest thing, Zach Wilson. I mean, another really rough game. He was 18-36 for 157 yards. The Jets are in a really bad spot right now after this Aaron Rodgers injury. Um, There are people calling for 
Wilson to get benched or traded, released. Well, well, on WFAN talk radio, Brandon Tierney was saying it was the coach's problem. I don't believe it because he's a homer. But uh, you have delusional talk, New York talk radio saying, "Oh yeah, you got to fire Robert Sala." It's definitely not Zach Wilson. Well, he hasn't succeeded under any head uh, coach. Sala, I will admit, is a very you know player type coach. He 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 didn't want to admit that this was the offense's fault in this game, but you can tell. Right there and then, and that's obviously a lie. The Jets lost this game because of their offense. Their defense did everything in their power to keep them in this game. And it's really tough right now because the Jets really don't have a viable option to, you know, replace Zach Wilson to be that ne- the next guy. I mean, you have Tim Boyle as your backup. They just signed Trevor Simeon today on the practice squad. The, the You know, Colin Kaepernick is you know, penning a letter to them to be on the practice squad. You got it's a better a, chance of getting Andrew Luck out. I, you know, if, even if Andrew Luck mess. said he wanted to come out, I said I, I wouldn't trust Andrew Luck. And he was 10 times the quarterback and he played more recently. I would say if Andrew Luck wanted to come out of retirement and, I've, and I've, if I was the head coach or owner of the New York Jets, I would say no to Andrew Luck too. You can't have a guy that's been out of the league for six, seven years. Either either way, no matter who it is right now, the, the, the biggest factor is you're going to go on to a team that's O-line has struggled, and if you're a guy that's had previous injury concerns like, like let me say, like Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, you're going to go on to a team that is have could potentially get injured. You get yourself injured again because oh. look what happened to Aaron Rodgers. So this is the narrative I want to spin now. I just want to spin two narratives. Uh, Mac Jones on the season now, 65, completing 65% of his passing, yard, uh, his passing attempts, 250 yards a game, five touchdowns, two interceptions. And he has faced uh, pretty good defenses. He has he's had no line, and he's had no receivers. Um, I think I'm willing to say now because after three games last season, people discount Mac Jones. So I'm going to say three games to this season. I think Mac Jones is better than Trevor Lawrence right now. Mm. I think I'm ready to say it because think about all those weapons Travis. Trevor Lawrence has on Jacksonville. He's got Calvin Ridley. He's got Evan Ingram. Even though the Giants fans you don't like him. He's got Christian Kirk. He's got Travis Etienne. He has so many weapons in that wheelhouse. And what are his results this year? Yeah, but you're basing it off of three games. Isn't that, 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 I think that's just way too early. Yeah, to what did people like do? What did people do last year, Nick? People spun that narrative that he was bad after three uh, games and he was sounds, hurt the entire this season. This just sounds like your Patriots bias. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I don't care if it is bias. And you know, here's more bias. Christian Gonzalez is a top five. Is top five in the backfield in, in the AFC right now. Do you think he's a top five corner right now already? I'm going to say he's top in the AFC. I'd have to think about corners in the AFC before I even he, think of, he's, think of he's that. He's had the toughest matchups so far. He's held A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith in check. He's held Tyreek Hill in check um, and Jalen Waddle, And he's held now Garrett Wilson in check. You could say that was bad quarterbacking, bad offense uh, for the Jets part, but uh, whatever. You still have I like Christian Gonzalez. I just think it's three games into the season. I think, and you know what? He's played. Some, I'm, not the saying, he has, I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm, yeah, not like saying mean, I'm not saying it all. I'm not saying at all. I'm just saying I think I think it's you, you're gonna, you know, it's just really an overreaction early on to say stuff like that because you, you never. We have still a full season left to go. Right, we're gonna see how he does against uh, the Cowboys and CD Lamb this week, and if he keeps on doing the same thing, because realistically, to me. He's going to play C.D. Lamb, and he's going to play Chris Olave. He's going to play Devontae Adams. He's going to go to Stephon Diggs. Then he's got Tyreek, and he's got um, Jalen Waddle again. Then he has uh, Vinny Scary Terry. The Colts, I don't think, have a true number one wide receiver, so he gets a break. And then he has a bye week. Then no offense, he's playing the Giants. Sorry, Nick. 
Um, I know your receiver game's probably just as bad as ours. And but for those first ten games of a season, he is going to play against legit wide receivers. And you know what? By week five or six, I think people go start agreeing with me. If he h- holds Ceedee Lamb, Chris Olave, and Devonta Adams in check, and what I mean by check is you know they don't go off like they do all these other games because Tyreek Hill's having. I don't realize it's only been three games, but he's had two phenomenal games, and then he gets put in prison by Christian Gonzalez. So if CeeDee Lamb comes out and he lays an egg, and then Chris Olave comes out and he lays an egg, at what point are we going to realize that it's kind of a trend? I'm not saying that Gonzalez is bad. I think I'm more talking about the Mac Jones narrative. I'm, I'm good. Well, I said I'm going to start to spin it right now. We'll see where we are in a couple weeks. Because Mac had a really bad year last year. And I'm not fully blaming him because yeah, that he was, was more hurt of... half the time, and he had uh, he had two. No, I know he had a, he had an he injury. The... He had two incompetent guys calling the offense. I understand that. But he had two to... toddlers in his in a, in a trench coat. Right, but to say the three offense. games into the season with a new offensive coordinator, he's already better that he's better than Trevor Lawrence. That that's just absurd. Well, Trev- what 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 has Trevor Lawrence done this? Uh, Are you talking about three games? Yeah, okay, as of this season, what has Trevor Lawrence done, Bill? But you're talking about three games. They have the same record. Uh, I Yeah, but on the field. The, 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 All right, but uh, yeah, you're talking, field, you're talking about overall as a quarterback. Are you talking about just this season or overall as a quarterback? Yeah, because let's be real, overall as a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence did not have a good first year in the so NFL. So you're telling me right now, if you had a choice between Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones... I'm taking overall, Mac. You're taking Mac Jones. I'm taking Mac. Okay, so... I, we don't have sheep on the show this week, and I've already found my sheep moment of the week. I, I, I realistically, Nick, what did he do his first year in the NFL? He had Urban Meyer as a head coach. Oh, great. Okay. So, but he performed. He, what do you think is more detrimental? Having Joe Judge calling your plays? Yes. You would rather have Joe Judge calling your plays than Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer, they did nothing in that first year. That was the most dysfunctional team in history. The Bears are definitely giving them a run for their money this season, but yeah. I don't know, man. I I, I feel like you don't lead, even if you had Urban Meyer, you shouldn't lead the lead in, league in interceptions. All right, well, no, at the end of the day, Lawrence has something that Jones doesn't have right now. That's a playoff win. He's got one playoff win. All right, but that's still that's still enough. Because here's the thing: you pretty much Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence's first two years are just flip flopped. That's the only difference right now. Those are the only. That is the only. I difference. can't agree with this statement at all. You what? Mac Jones had okay. Did Mac Jones have a good first year and a bad second year? Sure, but what did that do for the Patriots? And did Trevor Lawrence have a uh, a bad first year and a good second year? Okay. So they that. I'm but you're not. You're basing their careers off of three games in the season. I'm saying as of right now, because you, if you want to say that's equaling out. Mac Jones I don't is think it's right equaling now. out because one guy went to the playoffs and won a game, and one guy went to the playoffs and got absolutely steamed. Right, let's, let's talk about if you want to talk about that playoff game. What happened in that playoff? I understand game? the Chargers absolutely class, but you're yeah, Brendan Staley's probably okay. So then, why don't so then talk about the Patriot playoff game then? Yeah, they play they faced the Buffalo Bills. All right, what happened? Oh, you get to tell me that the that the Chargers that year. Are I'm not saying that they're. Be- I didn't say that. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying what did Mac Jones do in that game? He lost. He did nothing. He, played, he, yeah, did nothing. He, he played a competent team of a good defense. All right. Well, so it's Trevor Lawrence's fault that he faced the charge. He can't control who he faces. You're the one who's holding the playoff game win over him. I'm just saying you're basing it off of three games. You're basing Mac Jones being better than Trevor Lawrence off of three games a season. Yeah, I'm the entire body of work. 
but you're basing it off of this year. Yeah, I said as of this year, I'm putting him over him, and I'm also taking the other years in account as well. I feel like this is going to come back to bite you in the ass as soon as he's done. I, I, I could care less. Um, if it's going to come bite me in the ass, I realize that Trevor Lawrence is younger, yada, yada, I, yada. Because there's no way. Because I feel like going into the season, if I ask you the exact same question, you would say take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and now the season's going on, and now I see Mac is actually performing. All right. Uh, listen, you you're, you're true to your team. I, I can't, if I can't you fault you for it. career stats to them blindly side by side, I guarantee Max is better. If you gave your career stats blind, by, side by side, I guarantee Mac has the better stats. Like I said, you're true to your team. I can't fault you for it. I just can't. I just don't agree with it. Anyway, let's go to the next game because uh, that I'm kind of I'm just stunned by that statement. But I'm sure we'll have um, some of our listeners debate on uh, that specific topic. Um. This next game, let's face facts. Both of these teams went into the game uh, winless. Uh, someone had to win, even though they could have ended in a tie, but who wanted, Who really wants that to happen? Chargers and the Vikings in Minneapolis. Uh, very high-scoring game, I mean, between these two teams. I mean, Justin Herbert, 405 passing yards and three touchdowns, only seven incompletions on the day. Kirk Cousins threw for 367, three touchdowns, but did have an unfortunate interception that happened late in the game off a very boneheaded drive from the Vikings in which they had a lot of time wasted, had a chance to take the lead and win the game, and then a tip ball got intercepted to lose them the game. Chargers get their first win of the year, 28-24. to The Vikings now, they're one of four teams right now in the NFL that are currently 0-3. So the Vikings going from a division winner last season in which they won all these one-possession games, and now they're 0-3 this season with all one-possession losses. So karma has not been very kind to this team and the Chargers. They didn't charge her it up this time, but they almost did. Well, I mean, it was, like we said earlier when we talked about that playoff game last year, Brandon Staley probably doesn't deserve a head coaching job in the NFL, and I feel really no. bad for Kirk Cousins. That's what it boils down. It sucked that one of these teams had to lose, uh, but my God, I kind of, I, Brandon Staley should still be fired after this game. Uh, inexcusable coaching. Pee Wee League, I would say Pee Wee League coaching, but that would be an insult to Pee Wee League coaches. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not a good head coach, but I don't know. The way this is going for Minnesota, you're now 0 3. You know, there's been talks about Kirk Cousins not being on the team. You got to let him free. Uh, who knows? He could be traded. If they continue to lose, he might be traded before the trade deadline. Yeah, you I, listen, let Kirk go through. I mean, I feel really bad that he has to leave, but he's leading the league, I think, in touchdowns, completions, uh, passing yards. Um, any stat you'd want in a QB, I think he's like the number two fantasy quarterback too, and his teams are just letting him down. Whether it's yeah. Alexander Madison fumbling or Justin Jefferson fumbling out of bounds too. Yeah, Madison has been struggling. That's a big reason why they traded for Cam Akers. So. I mean, Cam, I don't think Cam Akers can get uh, playing time anyway. But uh, I don't know, man. I think give it it's a couple of weeks. He, he, he's played under Kevin O'Connell's system and, and with the Rams. I think give it a couple yeah. weeks and he'll I mean, be he starting He looked back. much improved this week, so I'll give it. I'll give that to him. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, throughout the he's got a fumbling but, issue, Madison, and uh, he might be on Jonas Gray treatment very soon. I'm just telling you. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I guess we'll find out. But uh, Chargers did not charge, even though they tried to charge, and the yeah. Vikings did Viking, even though they tried not to Viking. So that's, that's the best way we can describe this game. That's a great, uh, great analogy. Yeah, great analogy right there. High IQ. Very IQ. 
Uh, let's go to the next game, man. We had another uh, stunning upset this ha- that happened this past week, and then another wild finish between the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this was a game I almost put on our preview before, you know, we went into our show last week, Andrew. But when Anthony Richardson got ruled out for the game, I said, you know what? We're not going to have the fun matchup of Richardson and Lamar Jackson. So I didn't want to put that there because I figured this was an easy win for Baltimore. And no disrespect to Gardner Minshew. I love Gardner Minshew as a quarterback. I think he deserves to be a starting quarterback for any NFL team. Maybe the Jets should trade for him, to be honest. They, they could. And you never know. I'm, uh, I I would be okay with that narrative. Um, But give Gardner Minshew and the Colts some credit. They fought in this game. And they were a- actually able to pull off a big stunning upset going into Baltimore and heading the Ravens their first loss of the season. 22 to 19 to final on this one. Matt Gay, their kicker, who they signed for the Los Angeles Rams, five for five in this game on field goal attempts. He was a beast for the Colts, and that's been a problem for the Colts the past couple of years. They haven't had a reliable kicker. Seasons that they finally have that right now. But other stories from this game, I mean, Minshew, like I mentioned, 227 and the touchdown pass. Did have a safety that was really bad because he pulled it off Vlaski stepping into the end zone, but he was able to redeem himself and get the Colts down the field to kick the game-tying field goal. And then how about Zach Moss in this game? He has looked very good these past two weeks for the Colts in the backfield. 30 carries for 122 yards. So the Colts, obviously, with all those issues on the off the field with Jonathan Taylor, they've still been able to run the football very efficiently so far throughout these past couple weeks with Zach Moss at the helm. And they did a good job in this game defensively of holding Lamar Jackson a couple of away. Lamar didn't have a passing touchdown. Both of his touchdowns came on the ground. He had 101 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. But the Ravens were not able to get it done. They just were not able to capitalize at the end of the day, and they get their first loss of the season. Yeah, no, I want to talk about uh, Justin Tucker, unfortunately. He's been one of the greatest kickers of the last couple of years, and uh, if he would have hit that field goal, it's a it was a it was a sixty yarder. I know it's so tough, but for him, you expect him to nail those. I can't really fault yeah, him. I know. It's just it's just unfortunate that uh, I know he probably feels bad about it. It's not his fault, but um, just some kind of little food for thought. If the offense could have given him a little bit more help on that drive, it would have went in. Because I, when I saw that saw that kick, I thought it was in, but it looked like it was just like a yard or two short. Uh, unfortunately. So if the offense could help him out a little bit more, but it's really the passing game that's struggling right now. That's what it is. You know, you expect right. Mark Andrews to be way more involved than having 35 yards, I think, on four receptions. And Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers even though I love the, uh, the young rookie, but... He had an off game this week, but he's looked good for the Ravens so far. You need an established wide receiver vet there. Is it crazy to say I think if they had Marquise Brown, they would have won this game? No. You don't think they would have won it? No. I know. I know. I, his, I, know I witnessed that man great. drop three touchdowns in a game one time. Yeah, I know his tenure wasn't great here, but you have to. I have to imagine even him being there, the added. Um, I guess. I, yeah, but I don't like better. the narrative of him being a. He's not a number one wide receiver. Oh, I'm not saying he's number one. I'm just saying another at least lead wide receiver. Uh, uh, I think he's better than anyone on that team right now uh, at wide receiver. Uh... I, I I guess, but it's not really saying much. I mean, yeah. Listen, they don't have their their money is in their running game with Lamar, Gus Edwards, uh, and their check down option, which is Mark Andrews. That's that's what what it really boils down to. They don't really have any true uh, wide receiver options. They have Odell, but he didn't play this game. He was injured. Yeah. Um, which probably also added to it, but. Yeah, Ravens need to figure out that offense really quickly, or they're gonna get lost in the AFC uh, North race. Because look at you know 
we're going to talk about this team in, in a couple minutes, but they got some real competition there now. Right, and they have a tough game this upcoming week, another divisional matchup for them as they go to Cleveland and take on the Browns. But, hey, how about the Colts? They're 2-1. and They lead the AFC North. Uh, I almost said North, but the AFC South right now as the only team with the winning record. So, Colts fans, listen, it's been a rough offseason for you, but you're in first place right now. So, there's... I yeah, guess there's yeah. A, uh, Jim Irsay doesn't deserve rights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, I guess there's a, there's a silver lining for now. Second worst owner in the league to um, formerly Rob Schneider. Now that he's gone. Now he's the worst. Now, now, the, now the spotlight can go on him, and he truly deserves this title. Yeah. The worst owner in the league. Just... The way he's been treating Jonathan Taylor, too, is absolutely repulsive. I agree. Especially after you see like a guy like Nick Chubb, pretty much his career almost died there in the field. It's just absolutely repulsive. Well, you talked about Spotlight, and I think it's finally time uh, we talk about a team and put them in the spotlight for their, uh, how, what's the best way to put it, atrocious performance this past Sunday? Horrific. Uh, horrific is a good word, too. Scary. Uh, man. Disgraceful. I'll say this. I was very. Gouging. I. <laughs> you're still going. You have any more before I continue? No, I'm done. They lost me four thousand dollars. Yeah, they did. They did the same to me too. Um, Johnson and I both had them in a survivor pool, and I hate to do it because I hate this team so much, and I don't want to say I kind of wanted them to win, but I needed them to win. But man, is it funny that they lost to the Arizona Cardinals, Dallas? Going from two and zero, a lot of people saying they're be- them being the best team in the NFL because of their two performances against the Jets and the Giants. They go into Arizona. Obviously, the big news going into this game: they lost Trayvon Diggs in practice this week to a torn ACL. He's now officially done for the season. A major blow for their secondary. They also did not have Zach Martin in this game. And I think they had another offensive lineman that was not playing in this game. I can't remember off the yeah, top of my three, head. Three-fifths of an offensive line. I, I, I don't remember who the other one was. I want to say Tyron Smith, but I could be completely wrong about that. But being that as it may, Cowboys were shorthanded going into this game, taking out a Cardinals team that has looked better than I expected in the first two weeks of the season, almost beat the Commanders, almost beat the Giants. And they had another good game this week, and they really controlled the, you know, type of tempo from this game from the very beginning and a big reason that they've been able to control the tempo for the first couple weeks of the season James Conner has looked pretty good for this Arizona Cardinals team right now in the season Conner had 98 yards rushing and a touchdown in this game we also saw Josh Dobbs have you know a very efficient game he only had four incompletions and a touchdown pass 189 yards it's it's kind of crazy that I'm saying that Josh Dobbs had a very efficient game and James Conner has been a reason why a team won and the Cardinals, like I said, they pulled off a stunning upset, knocking off the Cowboys 28-16, to getting their first win of the season. And I will admit, I said they were going to go winless, did not think this would happen. And I'm perfectly okay with it happening now at this rate because they beat a team that I do not like very much. So good job, Arizona, for proving me wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's really all we have to talk about. Um, this an absolute disgraceful performance. You know, Trayvon, they clearly miss Trayvon Diggs a lot. Oh, absolutely. I'm, but remember, Dak said he was trying to limit his interceptions. I don't know if you saw the interception he threw that sealed the game. He threw it into triple coverage. It, it is. If you're a Cowboy fan, you've gone from the highest of highs for the first two weeks to now probably the lowest of lows after mm-hmm. this game. 
And the circle of suck has now been completed because uh, the Cardinals uh, beat the uh, Cowboys, the Cowboys beat the Giants, and the Giants beat the Cardinals. So the circle of suck has been completed yeah. these teams. Yep, that's pretty much how it goes in the NFL. Like I told you, this has been a wild week, week number th- uh, week number three. A lot of stuff has gone crazy. We talked about the other early, you know, the early upsets with the Jaguars losing to the Texans. This upset happening. So it's been wild to say the least. But let's go into the final game of the Sunday slate being the Sunday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders playing, I believe, their first home game of the year. Yep. And they were actually the favorite going into this game, and I really still didn't understand why they were the favorite. I, I get it. They're at home. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. He tends to be a, he, he tends to just lead teams to victory. Uh-huh. I completely understand he why. Lead them to victory in this game. Well, you know what? It wasn't his fault, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and this is what I'm going to say. Okay, I'm listening. Josh McDaniels well, continues to be the worst head coach I've ever seen, and he is getting hired. Based off nepotism. Well, well no, it he is can't be the ab- worst head coach you've ever seen because there was Jeff Saturday we saw last year. I would rather have Jeff Saturday. That is a lie. You know, okay, you you know think- what? I can't blame you because Jeff Saturday did beat him in his only one. Yeah, still, that's what I'm saying, man. It's still, like, it's, it's so bad. It's bad. still a bad statement. That is horrific. And you know what? Bigger to blame Garoppolo for that interception at the end, too, when he had no friggin' choice. Well, he was probably also concussed. Yeah, he probably was concussed too. Because, listen, it, this is how you know McDaniel's is a bad head coach. When they had that op- when they made that field goal with about three minutes and fifty seconds left, right? Yeah, I thought that was it. no. The first time around, when they made the field goal and they got the flag called on them. Oh, right, right. If if I was him and he was if because clearly the game plan was I'm only I'm always going to kick. I'm not going to go for it on fourth because. Whatever. That was clearly the game plan on that drive from the minute it started. If he was going to get, it doesn't matter if it was going to be a minute and 30 seconds left. If there's going to be 20 seconds left, he was going to go for the kick. That's just how, that's how he was going. All right. So if he got that at 350 and he knew in the back of his mind, you know, if I go three and out here, I'm not going to go, um, go for it on fourth. I'm just going to take the field goal. He just pretty much wasted 90 seconds on the clock. And he could have gotten a chance to get a touchdown way later on. He, if he was that serious, if he, he that's that's the problem. If he was that committed to kicking the field goal no matter what, and he's defended this, he should have just declined the penalty and taken the field goal. I know how asinine that sounds, and I agree, it does sound asinine, but when you're Josh McDaniels, and if, no matter what, you're not going to go for it on fourth. doesn't matter if there's two minutes left on the clock. You're not going to go for it then you should have just declined that penalty. If he declined that penalty, he would have probably gotten the ball back with two minutes left and no, maybe one timeout. And you know what? Maybe you can put that together a game-winning drive. But if you were, if the plan in his mind was always to go for the field goal, never go for it on fourth, him declining that just wasted a whole bunch of time and he, and he beat himself again. He's This is some of the worst clock magic I've ever seen since Andy Reid didn't know how to manage a clock. This is horrific. Well, we knew he was a bad head coach from his previous history with Denver. Yeah, and- this is what I'm talking about. He's a ne- this is a nepotism hire, and he keeps yeah. on getting hired, and these teams don't realize how badly he sucks. This is a team within the same division. So the Raiders played him twice, and probably Mark Davis was laughing all the way to the bank when he got to play him twice because he knew it was two easy wins. Right. And now he makes the same mistake because, you know what? This just goes back to they should have never fired John Gruden. 
Well, there was another issue for that happening. Yeah, I mean, but... listen, there's another issue of John Gruden, but the point, of the fact of the matter was, you, you shouldn't have fired him. You should have made him step down. So no, you, you know what? They shouldn't have done. Coach. Rich Passaccia, I believe his name was. Yeah, he should have been, been, been the hire. You're because right. Because he got he... them to the playoffs that in that year where they had so many off the field issues going on, and they yeah. still made the postseason. And it and, was... and honestly. We're sec we're we're seconds away from beating the Bengals in that playoff game. They could have beat them. Yeah, you're right. I completely forgot about Rich. You know why? Because it got swept under the rug with the NFL narratives. He led them. He really coached them. He kept them together off the field. He got them in as a wild card. And you know, yeah, you're right. They did lose as the against the Bengals. But my God, you're gonna go higher. The man you know is not a good head coach. He's barely a good offense coordinator. Tom Brady absolutely despises Josh McDaniels. I don't care what he says in public. You could see any kind of conversation they had on a sideline. He'd be breaking tablets. He'd be yelling at him. He had to be separated at times. They did not get along. And you know what? I'm starting to think that Josh McDaniels held back Tom Brady in New England. <laughs> I'm really starting to believe that if Josh McDaniels wasn't the OC, maybe the Patriots would have won 11 Super Bowls at that point. Maybe. Who knows? It's uh, it's a re- uh, maybe not eleven, but you know what I'm s- yeah, saying. I know what you gotta guess. It's been absolutely so horrific. It's possible that this man could have held back Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, to only getting six Super Bowls in New, New England. All I'm gonna say is I feel really bad for Devontae Ass because he had himself a field day. Now nah, he made his bed. He could have yes. went. He could have stayed in Green Bay. Right, he could have more money. Right, but he wanted the re- the sole reason he wanted to he go to Vegas Carr, was to play Derek Carr, and he and, got hoodwinked. And then he got ho- exactly he got hoodwinked by the entire organization. I can, yeah, I mean, I feel bad, but not bad by that much. He could have stayed in Green Bay. I guess, but the Packers still needed to get rid of money too. He went so from the uh, he went from a respectable organization that takes care of their players and has a rich history to the clown show in Las Vegas. So you made a gamble and you lost in the strip like everyone else there. That's true. Well, for the Steelers, they go to two and one now. So again, two tough, tough. You know. Oh yeah, Matt Canada should be fired. That's well, all. Matt that, that's is really bad. Yeah, we all, we all know that. We all know that. Steelers fans are still calling for his head. Um, we'll get to the final two games of prime time going into Monday Night Football. And that first game being the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like we mentioned, it was a very unconventional matchup considering the fact that both teams were 2-0. Didn't really expect Tampa Bay to be in this spot. Kind of expected the Eagles to be here. Um, could have been NFC, NFC, uh, NFC Championship game two years ago. Right, yeah, it could have been. And... Let's just face facts. It was a very sloppy game for both of these teams offensively. Jalen Hurts had two interceptions and a touchdown pass. Did have also a rushing touchdown off the tush push. Uh, Baker Mayfield, kind of a little bit back to earth in this game. Had, did have a touchdown and 146 yards, but also did throw an interception. Uh, Tampa Bay was not able to run the ball, which really hurt them compared to what the Eagles were able to do. Another strong game from DeAndre Swift. He goes for 130 yards in this game. AJ Brown had a monster game receiving 131 yards. So the Eagles fans are nice, you know, happy to see that going on for them. And the Eagles get the win. They go to 3-0 now in the season. Tampa Bay falling for the first time this year. Like I said, not much really to, you know, go into in this game. Just the Eagles were the better team. And we kind of knew that going into it. And they were able to show it on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, uh, good game by the Eagles. I still don't think they're legit. They've had uh... I don't think listen, I don't think the Buccaneers are legit either. I think really the only true legit team right now is the 49ers. Yeah. They're a team that's come, you know, I, time and I, time again. They the offense gets it done. 
Uh, and it's just, you see, like, and unfortunately, I don't want to go back to the Niners. I don't want to stay too much too long on, but when I was watching that game on Thursday night, like, George Kittle would get the ball at, like, the, you know, with two or three yards, and then he would truck his way for another six. Oh, and yeah, it wasn't no. just Kittle doing that. It was Kittle, it was CMC, I, Ayuk, I'm not Ayuk, uh, yeah, Ayuk Debo. Was um, it was all those guys on the Niners, and it was insane. Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa, jeez. Nick, Nick Bosa. Bosa was insane on defense as well. Um, just, uh, I think they're a complete team, but uh, I don't think the Eagles are that legit because we'll go back more into this game. It was a scorigami. We didn't mention that earlier, but the yeah, Denver, but Denver, Denver game uh, was scorigami as well as this one. Denver Dolphins was also scorigami, but twenty-five to eleven, two touchdown game. Uh, it, it's it was a lot closer than it was actually on paper, um, right? And I think that was mainly just due to the kind of the Eagles struggling on offense again a little bit. Yeah, they've had their you know their struggles throughout the two. I would say two of the three games. I mean, the game against the Vikings, their offense looked a lot better, and that was mostly due part to their running game. And they showed it again this one. They were able to run the football very efficiently once again. And I think as long as they take the load off for of Jalen Hurts and are able to run the football like that, that will help him you know be better. I mean, two picks is tough for him in this game, but DeAndre Swift has looked really really good. These past two games, as, and, he is as advertised, and I can't believe Detroit had Dan Campbell yeah. having a doghouse. I I never understood it. I still Even honestly I. don't understand it. And the Eagles gave up really no, they gave up nothing to get him too, which irritates me. Three hundred yards in two games, make it make sense. Uh, I can't make it make sense. But you know what? I also can't make sense of is how badly have the Bengals' offense been these first couple games of the season. They went they into almost, Monday Night Football. Yeah, they on, always start like they always start like this. Like the Bengals have had shaky starts. The last right, but not years. offensively. It's been no even even offensively. Like offensively last year they were not that good in the first two games. I get it, but even in this game they didn't look good either. I, I mean, I'll give the benefit of the doubt that it was a prime time game. Yada yada yada, all that nonsense. But if I remember correctly, last time they had they started all in two last year too. They right? did. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it. I think they started um, 0-2. They lost to the Steelers and the Cowboys, I believe, to start the season last year. I believe could, you're correct, yes. Could be wrong with that, but I feel like that's what happened. Um, Yeah, they lost to, you're right, they lost to the Steelers on, on a field goal, and they lost to the Cowboys on a field goal as well. Yeah. 20 points and 17 points, and it wasn't until the game I attended live in person, the right. Jets game, is when they <laughs> came to life. So they just need to beat, beat, on, beat up on the uh, poor old Jets, and they came back to life. And they won, I think, five straight, and they came back to life. Right. But in this game, I mean, another slow first half for both these teams. I mean, it went the game going into halftime. It was six to six, so the offenses did not show up. Uh, The first touchdown of the game was scored by Joe Mixon in the third quarter, so they were able to get something there. Um, Joe Burrow went into the halftime throwing thirty-three passes, so that was. You know, that was a huge number that popped out to me because the Bengals, you see in the first couple of games, they haven't been running the football. And it's kind of like watching an air raid type of offense from college football. They're not, they just are not electing to run the ball with Joe Mixon. They would rather just sling it with Burrow. And it's not really leading to a lot of success so far for them. Burrow in this game, 26 of 49 for 259 and an interception. It was sacked twice. But the Bengals defense is the reason why they won this game. I mean, Matt Stafford threw for 269, a touchdown, two interceptions, and was sacked six times in this game. So that Rams offensive line did struggle. The Bengals defense, it's really you know shocking to say the Bengals defense was the reason why they won this game. 
But that's evidently what happened in this one. And, you know, we finally saw a good game for Jamar Chase, you know, 141 yards receiving. So kind of what we expected to see from Jamar Chase to start the year. And the Bengals were able to hold on and win this one 19 to 16 to get their first win of the season. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely great game by them. Uh, God, I mean, it's just been. It's been a rough start. They'll they'll take the first win. Yeah, I mean, the Rams just need to get together because they're struggling a lot, too. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll get into it. Um, I mean, they'll at least be performing a little bit better shortly, but it hasn't been pretty for them. No, it has not. But you know what also has been pretty? Uh, our records and uh, <laughs> NFL pickups. I was very good. You this were very week. good this week. I though. went uh, an amazing eight and zero. And if I had parlayed that together, I would have won twenty three thousand dollars. Right. Uh, I did not do that, so that's why I'm still sitting here doing this. But <laughs> I try to think. So we. Uh, I'm trying. I'll do the math in my head right now for our records. So I believe my record now is eleven and thirteen. Eleven and thirteen. You with the eight wins with the third. So you were five and eleven <laughs> after week one. Now you're. At a thirteen and eleven mark, so you're over five hundred. I'm over five hundred. And Grayson, and Grayson is, is fourteen and sixteen. So I mean, we're all hovering. Listen, these are all besides Grayson. These are all at least fifty <laughs> fifty picks. Grayson. I mean, what? listen. Sometimes, sometimes Grayson takes minus two hundred. Oh, the worst yeah. odds we have taken, at least Nick and I, are minus one ten. Those are the worst odds we have given. And if we can give you nearly fifty percent between uh, between all of us. On all our picks, if you if you're going like fifty five percent, that's considered winning in Vegas. So fifty five percent is the magic number to be profitable. And if we're giving you around fifty five percent, then you are profitable. Well, let's see what happens this week with the mushing hour. As I try to get myself back to over five hundred, we have a couple games to go on the slate: a Thursday night game, a London game this week, and a couple of primetime games as well. So we'll start it off with the Thursday night game. Being the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Detroit is a one and a half point favorite on the road with the over under being 45 and a half. All right, and Grayson's going to go with Detroit minus two and a half. And I can't believe the Lions are favored like this. And I'm going to ro- roll off the Lions. I think they're going to, I'm going to take the points because my line is pretty much pointless. Uh, I'll take half a point. I think they'll win by at least two. Uh, despite Green Bay being amazing, they have to come down to earth. Jordan Love has looked mortal, and I think Detroit's going to be kind of extra motivated to maybe win this division. So uh, give me Detroit at home. I'm sorry, Detroit on the road. Excuse me. This is tough because there's another thing going into this game. The Packers might get back Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, who haven't played the past couple games. Maybe David Bakhtiari also comes back as well. Oh, it's a tough one. It's kind of a it's basically a pick 'em for this is a pick these two That's- teams. Uh, I'm, I think we're going to have our first mush. I know, I know Grayson took, uh, the minus Minus two two and a half. half. I'll take the minus one and a half as well. I just think right now the Lions are the better team on paper. And considering what happened last time, these two teams met last year in Lambeau, the Lions were able to take advantage and win that game. I just, right now, I don't know what to think the Packers are right now. I don't know if they're a good team. I don't know if they're a middle-of-the-pack team. They kind of feel like a middle-of-the-pack team. And I still have, you know, I still think the Lions are the best team in that division by default. All right, so you heard it here first. Nick and I riding with the Lions minus one and a half and Grayson going two and a half, taking, buying an extra point. So let's go into the next game. We have the 
uh, London game. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the game that's happening in London. London. Yep. So wake up early and get your bets in. We have the, I guess, Falcons are technically the road team. They are. That's not counting against their home team schedule. Uh, On the road, technically, in London versus the Jaguars. Uh, Falcons-Jaguars, a game that would have been terrible five years ago in London, now may look like to be a premier matchup. Jaguars minus three favorites in London, over under slave at 43 and a half. Grayson's going to take Jacksonville money line. Again, boring, boo. Um, me personally, I'm going to go with Falcons plus three. Um, wow. I'm going to take Falcons plus three. I think Bijan on the ground, they won't have an answer for him. Uh, and I think that will kind of. I know Desmond Ritter is absolutely horrific as a quarterback, and I hope he improves because he's a, he is a rookie and, you know, they have a lot of faith invested in him. Uh, but I think if. Bijan gets it going. They'll give him some space on the ground, and maybe he can get Kyle Pitts open. Maybe. Probably not. Drake London. Who knows? But that's uh, give me Falcons plus three. I think they'll keep it close. I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to go Jacksonville minus three in this game. Uh, this is pretty much a home game for the Jags most of the time because they play a lot of their you know games in games London overseas. most of the time. Yeah, so, this, is, this, is, this is a Jags home game. This pretty much is a home game for them, and they really need to get back on track after these last two games have happened. I think this is a perfect type of scenario for them to get back on track, being that the time difference, the Falcons, you know, obviously most of the players haven't played in London, even though Kyle Pitts does have a touchdown in London, if I remember that. So Kyle Pitts could be in line for a touchdown this week because he doesn't score on American soil. He scores overseas. So Only on European soil. Exactly. So I will go with Jaguars minus three nonetheless. We have the Washington Commanders on the road, led by Commander Tutty, on the road going to the link in Philadelphia, taking on the Eagles. Eagles minus seven half point favorites at home. 44.5 is the slated over under. Grayson's taking the Eagles to cover. I think that is way too many points for a team that is not that good. Give me Commanders plus seven and a half. I am fading Grayson. Uh, I have no faith in this Eagles team. Jalen Hurts is through two picks versus the Commanders. I realize that Sam Howell looked absolutely horrific, but he has to regress to the mean. He's not going to throw three or four picks this week. And now that I said that, he's going to go fold Nathan Peterman and throw five. But give me Commanders <laughs> plus seven and a half. Uh, I don't know because I, I really would like – I really think the Commanders could cover. But after how they looked last week against Buffalo, it's really tough for me to even think about them. And they give the Eagles a lot of problems in their matchups. Uh I'm going to take – I'm going to play it safe and take Eagles minus seven. Eagles wanna, minus seven. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get screwed by the half point. I, I respect that. Just a slight tr- tweak and keep it kind of legit. Okay. The next team we have – or the next game we have, we have the Miami Dolphins, uh, 70 points at home. I repeat, 70 points at home uh, on the road versus the Bills. An unstoppable force meets an, uh, an unmovable object. And if you said that five years ago, it would have been a stoppable force meets, meets a movable object. Um, it is Bills minus three at home. 53 and a half is the slated over under. Grayson going ballsy here. Say, I don't need the points. I'm taking Miami money line. Shocker. Uh, shocker wants to mush uh, Miami. Uh, my pick is that the stadium implodes and that no game is played. Okay. Oh, I have to give an actual pick. You have to give it. Uh, I, I refuse to pick between these two teams. Um, so give me the over. No there defense it is. To be played. That's the um, that's the right pick. Yeah, I'm give me the over. I don't care who wins this game, but just I want to see a lot of fantasy points. So give me over fifty three and a half. Okay. 
I'm going to go Buffalo minus three. I think the Bills will win this game at a last-second field goal and probably will push. But I could see this being a very high-scoring game between these two teams just because of what we've seen from these two teams the last couple of weeks with their offense. So I think you'll see a lot of – this will probably be the best game of the week. It's really mind-boggling how it's a 1 o'clock kickoff and it's not like a primetime game. But I digress. I think Buffalo wins at the end of the day. Miami gets handed their first loss of the season. All right, all right. Ballsy statement here. Bold statement, even, uh, dare I say. But okay, let's talk about this right now. Um, The next game, we have the Baltimore Ravens going on the road to Cleveland Browns. A little AFC North action here. These games always slugfest, no matter how bad the teams are, but these these are two good teams. Uh, We have Browns at home, minus three favorites. 40 and a half is the slated over under Grayson's going to take the points with the Ravens. I kind of agree from there, but give me the under actually this game. I'm rooting against fun because these games always tend to be slug fest. Someone wins like 21 to 17. So I think the line at 40 and a half is right. I don't know if it's going to be uh, over or under, but I think it's right. It's going to be very, very close. Yeah, so give me 40 and a half. It might be a 20 to 19 victory for all I know because these games Always tend to be slugfest, these AFC North games. They don't tend to be high-scoring affairs, so I feel confident at 40 and a half. So give me the under. Okay. I'm going to go Browns minus three. Uh, I think this game's going to come down to the defense, and at the end of the day, the Browns have a, a better defense than Baltimore does. So I, I like your pick of the under. I think this will be a very low-scoring game, maybe a 20-17 to 17 final. And... I just think the Browns, on the end of the day, are the better team defensively, and I think that's what's going to lead them to winning. And also, they have the best wide receiver on the field in Amari Cooper, so I think that will help them get down the field. They, I just don't like what the Ravens did last week against the Colts. I think that's very you know eye-concerning for this team, considering all the injuries they have currently going on. Okay, okay. That sounds good to me. I like the, I like the pick. All right, uh, we have my New England Patriots going to Jerry World, taking on the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys at home. Cowboys minus seven favorites, and 43 and a half is the slated over-under. Grayson's going to take Cowboys minus seven to push my team. Absolutely terrific, and I don't want to see that. Um, give me Patriots money line here. And this is... You're a full uh, money line. Wow. I mean, listen, I cannot bet against my team. No, I, will I never know. bet against my you team. You could take it on the cover. I mean, yeah, but I'm rooting for them to lose if I'm rooting for them to cover. So this is going to be probably wrong. So fade me on this. Uh, but I'll, I can't pick against my team, so give me Patriots money line. Well, don't worry, because I can't pick the Cowboys. So I'm not going to take Patriots money line, but I will take them plus seven. All right. So we have our first trifecta. We all pick something different here. Very, very good. Then we got an interesting one on Sunday Night Football. Obviously, this game was supposed to be a good one because of the State, it was supposed to be the State Farm Bowl between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, but obviously Aaron Rodgers is hurt. So now it's Patrick Mahomes and all the Swifties now. I, I, I got, I got a good one. It, it's the discount double check your tickets bowl because Aaron Rodgers isn't there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, a good, that's a good one. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and as I was saying, the Swifties now, it looks like will be in attendance for Monday, uh, almost a Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football in MetLife Stadium at New Jersey. As the Chiefs go to take on the New York Jets, Chiefs are a 10-point favorite over under 42.5 for this one. And Grayson's going to ride Chiefs alternative spread minus 14 that they're going to absolutely decimate the Jets. Um, 
I, I for one, like that pick. I think it's going to be a slaughter. Well, um, I, I so, also don't think you like this game. You also want the field to blow up for this one. Yeah, so I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to take lots of points here, Ooh. and there's going to be an offensive explosion here. And the Chiefs will score 43 points by the oh, end of the say, third so you, quarter. I was just say, you expect the Jets to score points? No, 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 no. The oh. Jets will score points, but it'll be in the form of pick sixes for the other team. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, Zach okay. Wilson will be completing touchdowns to the uh, opposing cornerbacks and safeties. Maybe we, maybe we get a big man touchdown. Let's get let's get a uh, a lineman to uh to get an interception. Let's get a defensive lineman to get an interception. Chris Jones, maybe who knows? We're going to be uh, so lucky. I will go with Chiefs minus ten. Uh, I just don't think the Jets have a chance in this game, unfortunately, for them at least. But I just there's nothing much more I could say. The offenses look terrific. The Chiefs just put up forty points last week. I'm not saying they'll put up that many points against this good Jets defense, but I just can't see a scenario in which they cover and, you know, only lose by 10 points. I think the Chiefs win. And I like Grayson's pick. I think they win by two touchdowns. So I'm just, I'm just going to play it safe and go with 10. You and Grayson, like, agreeing? What, what year I know. It's, it's, not, it's not good for my uh, health. All right. I, I'm sorry to hear about that. I uh, hope you feel better soon. Yeah, I'm okay. going to it. And our final game we have. The Seattle Seahawks going to beautiful, beautiful East Rutherford, New Jersey. Russ is four. I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, here. That, that was that was tough. That was tough. Had a little bit of a mini. You want to uh, you want to redo? No, I'm just gonna roll with it. We're gonna, okay. There's no cuts here. You're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear the botch. We're gonna deal with it. <laughs> Botchmania running wild. Unfortunately, on me today. Okay, so we have the <laughs> we have the Seahawks at the Giants MetLife Stadium. Uh, Seahawks on the road, Giants mi- minus one and a half point favorites at home, 46 and a half is the slated over under. Grayson's going to fade the Giants, even though he is a Giants fan, allegedly. That's still uh, under review by the High Council. Uh, under review by the High Council, he's taking Seahawks minus two and a half. So he's taken, um, he's pretty much given them three points and he's going to take better odds. So that's cool with him um, being a little bit ballsy on that pick. Give me the Giants to cover here. Give me the Giants minus one and a half. Oh, I don't think Gino has. I don't think the. I don't think Gino has what it takes. I think the defense comes back to life. I think what we saw in that second half was pretty inspiring against the Cardinals game. A huge, huge comeback. Uh, so I think they're gonna be riding high. MetLife is gonna be all Giants fan. The error of the twelfth man is dead because all the bandwagoners have become Chiefs fans or Bengals fans over the last couple of years. No, no, um, all the Chiefs fans are Taylor Swift fans now. Oh uh, no, all Taylor Swift fans are Chiefs fans. Now, yes, not, yes, sorry. Let's not get this twisted here. Yeah, sorry. I, I this could be I, some man. Yeah. This could be some. We get some hate mail from some man in Missouri that hates Taylor Swift. So I'm not going to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mix it up. My bad. Okay, so I'm going to take Giants minus one and a half. Uh, Defense, maybe the final score is seven to three. Who knows? There's no way this game's gonna end seven three. I can tell you right now. Right. Well, it will end thirteen to ten. I can tell you right now. I do love the under in this game. Uh, I really might too. I really don't want to take two picks because I just don't see this game being high scoring. Uh, last year, this was a tough game for the Giants. It went into Seattle, had some uh, special teams issues, a couple fumbles from a man on the Chiefs currently right now that will not be mentioned because I do not like him right now. And I really want to forget about that game in uh, Seattle last year. Um, this is tough because the Giants really need this win. This kind of this kind of feels like a must-win game for New York right now. Going to one and three would be tough. There's still a lot of season left to go for them, but to be two and two kind of does help you in the scheme of things, considering how good the NFC East is. 
I'm kind of like you, Johnson. I, I can't pick against my team. I know I did that last week against with the Niners game, and it did not pay off for me. They got beat. They did not cover. I'm just going to take them straight up money line because you know what? I just want to see them win. I need to see them play a better game. I'm just hoping that they can get at least Andrew Thomas back. I, I'm not going to count on Saquon being healthy for the game, but if that, as long as they get Andrew Thomas back, I think that will play a big factor into it. And they just have to really be able to contain DK Metcalf because Metcalf really you know, killed them last year in their matchup in Seattle. If they're able to you know, cover him and make sure he doesn't be, play a big factor into it, the Giants will have a chance to win this game. So I will pick my, you know, I'll go homerism on this one, and I'll take my New York football Giants to win this game. I respect it. Now, do you, though? We, I mean, yeah, I do. I do. I respect it. But before we have anything, uh, before we end the show, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, What could, what could I think about the last thing? I mean... Can can do you, can we uh do the Fortnite L dance for the Cowboys? Is that possible? Uh, I do not have this on my soundboard, but it's okay. How about this? I'll add it for you next week when the Cowboys do end up losing. Hey, listen, if they lose to the Patriots, that's perfect. I, I will I will gladly accept that. But now, knowing my luck, you'll probably have to play it for when the Giants lose to the Seahawks. Well, Hopefully, uh, that doesn't happen. Have a handshake agreement for the for the listeners for next week. That's fair enough. But I think that will do it for this week's show here as week three is done in the NFL. Now we approach week number four. And a lot of wild finishes so far have happened in only three weeks' time. So it's been a crazy start to the NFL season. I'm sure it will only get crazier as this upcoming week happens in week number four. We'll have to see how it all unfolds. I am Nicholas Vavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.